So we're totally phoning in this last episode because I am, as we speak, eating a peppermint. Are you going to be smacking on that candy? The, the I'm just going to the entire time, man. I'm just going to, and real talk, um, around your, your listeners can't tell I'm holding, I'm holding a headphone cord and shaking it a little bit every now and then. Is it cutting I, out that bad? It's yeah. Just sometimes like right now it's pretty good. Cause you put, look, unplug that adapter and just plug your, like that extension and just plug your headphones straight into that. All right, hang on a second, everybody. It, that it did not affect your microphone at all. Bear with us. They, they bear with us, everybody. You. Could you just no. bear with us for just the the next couple of moments, if you don't mind? Yeah. And it's not. It's now. <laughs> that's there. not working. That? Okay, you've got headphones in, right? Yeah. So what, tell me so why I, was that not working? I don't even care. Can you hear me? <laughs> all right. If for some reason you stop hearing me, <laughs> we'll know something's up. I've never seen an adult with senioritis like this. <laughs> Last kind of, episode, uh, don't care. This is it. Last this is episode. It. Some people don't, they might not know this is it. Okay. So uh, I guess we should just wait and tell them that when oh, the episode man. starts. Well, I guess that's no reason to delay it. Hour a week, a thirty-minute ministry podcast. I'm Jared Hollier. <clears throat> he is Rusty Mont. We had to wait for at least thirty minutes before we could do a podcast. Kind of the same rule of thumb as when you get out of the pool, you have to wait a while before you eat. Yep. Wait, that's the opposite, isn't it? So we just Don't. got done eating, and we have to wait thirty <laughs> minutes before we record a you podcast. You said that so backwards; it took a minute for my brain to compute what you had said. <laughs> that was so wait, wrong; what? it was difficult for me to understand how yeah. wrong it was. So not only is this our return episode, but this is also. The series finale. Plot twist. This is it. We are shutting it down. It's over. Uh, we had a good run. Well, we had a mediocre run. <laughs> we, had, we had the most mediocre of runs in hey, podcast history. I, no, there are plenty more mediocre than that I That is true. You know, we, we, we did have dozens of listeners at one point. Consistently. Uh, we yeah, had dozens yeah. consistently week to week. Double digits, man. So shout out Big to time. all our listeners. <clears throat> and uh, the reason this is the last episode uh, is because, well, I won't. I won't steal any thunder here. I'll just uh, stare at you awkwardly until... Am I supposed to talk now? You're supposed to talk. What's going on in your life? Hey, what's new? It's been a long time. It was a busy so what's going summer. On? What'd you do this it was summer? A busy summer, yeah. So we were going to start back earlier, but you were in the middle of something. And, uh, Did you make plans to leave the country? That's of Texas. Fruition. <laughs> yeah. So for those who haven't heard, which <laughs> yeah, any of our listeners who haven't heard, yeah, right. They all, they all know that's, it's our friends who listen to this, but yeah, we text them. Uh, <laughs> they've all received text messages and phone calls most likely, uh, on August the 26th. So a few weeks ago now, I preached in view of a call at Crossroad Church in Wichita, Kansas, and their congregation unanimously affirmed their search team's decision to call me as their lead pastor. So we are back here in Kuntz today, but we are in the midst of a few weeks of goodbyes and we will be heading out on the 16th is our last Sunday here and we're headed to Wichita. So wish it's, I've already, okay, now let's start there. You're pronouncing it like wish, like a S-H. Is it Wichita? Because I've only ever said Wichita. You know, I have been saying Wichita this entire time. Yeah. So they didn't correct me, but they might be being nice because I'm the new guy. Yeah, that's so question I don't know. One. It's Where a good do I question. Live? <laughs> yeah, so I either live in Wichita or Wichita. 
Uh, and I would tell them to very close. Tell I would tell our listeners to tweet us, but we're just going to delete the is account. It, is it kind of like a? Us. Is it kind of like Comasnil or Comanil? Comanil depends I think on maybe the same thing. Maybe a generational thing. Yeah, except you can't make know. jokes about snuff in Wichita. <laughs> you know. So you went in view of a call. Uh, how, let's. I mean, obviously, people want to hear the story. So give us the abridged version. Like, how did how did your name land on their desk? Give us the Reader's Digest version of the kind in of nineteen eighty six. No. Nope. A, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay, I thought you wanted to. This is going to be okay. So I've already referenced on my Twitter the Michael Scott two weeks notice episode, yeah. and I started watching the beginning of that this morning, and it's when he's telling the story about quitting, uh-huh. and he knows he has them. Do you familiar yeah. with this scene where he's like, "So I'm driving down the interstate, man, a lot of traffic," and they're like, "Get to the good Come part." On. So I go to the building, revolving door doors messed up have to use the regular door and they're like oh but he's finally got pam pam says at least we're in the building and he goes no that's the thing (laughs) i was so excited wrong building (laughs) anyways classic so no i'm not gonna do that to you in late june i was actually at etbe east texas baptist encampment i received a phone call from pastor brad cooper who is actually a distant relative of mine and I have a have known Pastor Brad for a long time because of the fact he's a distant relative, but even since I've been called to ministry, he and I have connected a little bit, talked a few times a year just about life and ministry and so on and so forth. But last year, this time, of course, you guys remember Hurricane Harvey happened, and a couple months later, Crossroad Church sent a team of missionaries here to Southeast Texas to help us with the recovery process. We sent them to Voth Baptist Church, and they did a lot of really good work there and helped them get back on their feet, get their building back together. And while they were here, Pastor Brad came down and spent a few days, and he actually preached for us here at Cornerstone. So he and I got to visit a few times and talk about lots of different things. We didn't know it then, but really looking back, we see how God was laying the groundwork for this all the way back then. So they, he fast forward to late June while I'm at ETBE, Brad calls and basically called and asked me to be praying for um, their church and be was he pastor for him. There? He's the pastor there even now, I guess, until this transition happens. He's the founding pastor. They've been around for about twice as long as Cornerstone has. So, so is he retiring? Um, or? He is retiring okay. because of some health issues. He's actually doing really well now, but but he's retiring because of some health issues. So because of that, they started looking for his successor. And they were already pretty far in the process. They were using Vanderblumen Search Firm, which is a group out of Houston that basically helps churches find their pastor. And they had already been through a slate of candidates. They'd gone through a process and received a handful of candidates from Vanderblumen and had gone through and talked to all of them and even talked to one guy extensively and the Lord just kind of shut that door. So that's when Brad called me. Ironically, you know, I wasn't his first call. I wasn't anything like that. And even when he called me, it wasn't about asking me for a resume. In fact, he just said, pray for us. And if you know somebody, let, let us know. And I don't really know what happened other than to say that over the course of a few days, the Lord made it abundantly clear to me and then to Mallory that that we were supposed to be that somebody, that the Lord was calling us to at least send a resume. So we prayed about it, kind of fought it a little bit, to be honest, because we are 
at an awesome church that we love, and uh, we almost broke when I said love. Did you hear that? We love. No, I was <laughs> just thinking you got to be careful because you're still here. Like you can't insult the church you're at until after you're gone. No. Like once you get to Wichita, then you can be like, man, Cornerstone let was me, a let me just tell you. Fire. No, let me tell you that I have. I've been on both sides of that fence for a few weeks and it's kind of been funny because Sunday I'm telling Cornerstone, man, I don't want to leave because I know what I've got here. Yeah. And then I'm like, now folks from Crossroad who are watching this live stream, I'm excited to be coming. Right. You know, it's a yeah. very strange tension that we can, we can talk about that in a minute. So all that to say, we, we finally submitted our resume the Saturday before July 4th. And Mallory and I kind of, to be honest with you, I was hoping it was going to be one of those things where the Lord just wanted me to take that step of obedience and then they would say like, no. no. Yeah. No. And be like, okay, so we were obedient and we don't have to move. Uh, yet it just very quickly went from there. Uh, they had probably 250-ish resumes and then they called me and the, the lady on the phone said, because you're on the phone, our team of people who vetted all the candidates and all this, you're, you're down to the top 20. And if you get a call next week, you'll be in the top 10. So then I was in the top 10. And um, very quickly, I went to being one of the four candidates that was being presented to the church. Um, cool side note that I always throw out there, because I'm sure people always, when they hear that the pastor was a distant relative, they're like, oh, so that's how this all happened. Well, certainly my relationship with Brad is why God made this connection and why I'm there. But Vanderblumen on their end until I was in the top 10, nobody on their staff was aware of this. So it wasn't like a it wasn't slide a, this guy in. Yeah, he's not a close enough relative yeah. that played into it. So uh, it's not like a son, right. that type of succession type of thing. So anyways, when they sent our resume up there, uh, the Lord over a few weeks, phone interviews and stuff like that whittled us to where we were actually the only candidates remaining. So we flew up there in early August, spent a few days there, got to know the staff, got to see the church, got to meet with the search team extensively and and God just made it clear to us that that's what we were supposed to do. So um, we came back and started the process of figuring that out on this end and talked about it with our leadership team, our elders and deacons. They knew about it for several weeks here at Cornerstone leading up to the 26th. So we went and preached two services that morning and they voted that afternoon at five o'clock and uh, it's it was unanimous. So we are following in obedience to the Lord and um, it's still crazy. I'm still speechless a lot of times and I, um, a lot of emotions. I mean, really the whole spectrum. And we were joking before we started recording because I t told Jared, it's going to be fine. It's going to be good. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Have you seen the meme of, is it a dog on a stool and there's yeah. fire raging? And he's like, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. This That's fine. how I feel yeah. emotionally a little bit and spiritually and in a lot of different ways, because it is a very uprooting process. Um, and it it's hurts. There's some pain yeah. involved. It's it's been it's been a rough process, but well, because our I mean, for so many reasons, but obviously the biggest one is that like what we do for a living, you know, it's different for a guy that transfers from one plant to another. But our job is people, and so it's not just that we're leaving friends. Like we're leaving, or it's not just that we're leaving our job. Like our job is relationships, and so yeah. that's I mean that's what makes it so hard is. You've got 200 people here. Three, I don't know. I'm just guessing. 3,000. 3,000 people here in Coons. Uh, I mean, but honestly, you spent five years pouring your life into theirs, and yeah. then you're just like, okay, in two weeks, I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. And uh, just yeah, sucks. And we, we tried to do something a little different, and I'll just say this now, um, and several pastors listening to this may say, I told them not to do this, and I understand that. Um, but I had told our elders and deacons years ago, 
Um, and say years ago, and you're right, it's been about five and I guess a little over half. I mean, this was my sixth summer, sixth school starting and all that, so close to six years. And I told our elders and deacons early on when I was here, if I'm ever talking to a church seriously, you will know about it right. and you will pray with me through that process. But that doesn't really happen in most situations mm-hmm. because as a friend of mine said yesterday, and I thought, wow, that's so true. He said, really, the system we have is built on distrust. You know, there's yeah. fear There's fear that if we tell them, they'll just run us off. Right. So, uh, but that's not the situation I have here. So against the advice and counsel of several of the guys that will be listening to this, yeah. I told our elders early, and then I told our deacons, they knew before we flew up to Wichita a month ago right. that this was happening. And But I the, think it's different church by church. I mean, the search is. process, when you're looking for a guy, it's different, but also when when you're the pastor in process, it's just case by case. And you know, your folks here at Cornerstone well enough to know which ones you could tell. Cause you told the elders and then the deacons, yeah. right? You yeah. took that. And we, we prayed through that process cause we were unsure of even, you know, are we doing the right thing? And so, it, this is, so for so those listening that might be considering this, this is yeah. not prescriptive. This no, is descriptive. It's descriptive. But let me also just tell you the reasons that everybody told me not to are true. Yeah. Uh, I did experience a, a wide variety of emotions mm-hmm. from from everybody I talked to. Some were very supportive. Some were really not supportive. Some were upset. Some were some were one day one, the next day a different. Yeah. Uh, and then the reality is, you could go up there and preach a bomb, and they vote no, and then you're back, and you go, "Okay, guys, exactly, just exactly." And at that point, you're gone. Yeah, you're gone. Um, and I don't mind again, cause this is, this is to benefit ministry leaders. So I'll just, I'll open, I'll open up a little more than I would normally think is okay. Back in like December ish, November, December. And I know you and I know, you know this cause we talked about it at one point there were two or three churches kind of simultaneously trying to talk to me about yeah. possibly coming to serve there. And I went through a little season where I thought maybe I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. And it was very difficult. Ended up, the Lord made it very clear in late December that that's not what, that I'm here. So it was very affirming and very good for us to be able to do that. Uh, but I did share with a couple of friends and even a couple of the deacons and elders that that process had happened. Yeah. And and it hurt me. I realize that now looking back uh, because... Now that this has happened, well, he's been looking to leave since oh, last yeah. December, yeah. you know, which has not been the case, sure. but but there's no telling them that. They, they believe that no matter what I'm going to say. So uh, I, I would just say this when it comes to these kind of conversations that all of us eventually, if, if you're in ministry a while, you're going to have to have is seriously pray and consider the ramifications of talking to different mm-hmm. people and, and know that it's not just distrust, but I'll tell you where I finally arrived. Cause there were other friends I wanted to tell after I told the deacons, but after watching how the deacons took it, yeah. I decided not to tell anyone else. And here's why, because I realized it was a burden that they were having to bear. Right. It was a burden. And I wanted to, I wanted to tell people because it was a big burden for me, but it goes back to what we talked about with Andy Crouch's book, uh, Strong and Weak, yeah, that concept of hidden vulnerability, vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, that I know this may happen, but I have to bear that as a good leader instead of mm-hmm. trying to get other people to help me bear that. So um, again, there there really is no prescription for this. It's yeah. just, it, this is how I did it, good, bad, or ugly. And it was some of all of those, uh, but it's it's never easy, I guess, is the short well, of it. I went through the process last year, and and I I was on the calendar. I went went through the interview, 
I was contacted by church, gave them a resume, went through a couple of interviews. They came and heard me preach. Uh, we circled a date on the calendar for me to go preach in view of a call, and I'm assuming everybody who listens knows that terminology. Um, and then about 10 days before that Sunday, I just could not shake a, pe- uh, a sense of non-peace. I don't even know what to call it. Discomfort, just unsettled about the whole thing. It was a great opportunity, um, you know, financially for my family, personally, uh, location-wise. I mean, everything, it just checked all the boxes. The only reason not to go forward with it was that the more we prayed about it, the more we just didn't feel safe. Elizabeth and I both, we just kind of kept going, we're just not supposed to do this. And so uh, I had shared it with my pastor and even told him, hey, you know, we're going to view a call this Sunday. And um, and he was, you know, supportive and loving and kind and gracious and everything you could be. But I called the committee and said, hey, never mind. I, I apologize for, you know, I felt like I'd wasted their time. And they said, no, you know, they were gracious also. We're glad that you told us now and not after we hired you and then found out you weren't the guy. But the only, the only thing, the only difference between what I did and what you did is that feeling of peace. And so I guess at what point in the process did you kind of take a deep breath and go, yeah, this is right. Like it's going to be hard because we've been here for almost six years and we love these people, but like this is the right thing to do. Yeah, for me, it was it was very difficult. I, I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. I'm a people pleaser by nature. We Every know? episode, uh, we bring that up. I know, it's just true though. Yeah. It's just true. And I think it's most pastors. I mean, we it's it's easy to fall into that. And I spent more time in the first few weeks worrying about what everybody else was going to think. Yeah. What are my peers going to think of me? You know, are they going to think, well, he's just been looking for a big church this whole time? Well, we're having lunch. Yeah, we're having lunch and they're going to tell me what they think. We are going to tell you exactly. (laughs) The roast is on. (laughs) Um, What is my church going to think? What are people going to say? There's a guy out here drinking coffee with Matt right now who yesterday said, I'm not sad for you. I know you're going to a bigger church paying you a lot more money, which, by the way, is not accurate. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, what are people going to think? And on July 4th, actually, I really felt like the Lord just kind of spoke to me, again, not audible voice type of thing, but just the realization is you need to stop worrying about what people think and start worrying about what I think. Mm. So from that point forward, no, I'm kidding. I still had (laughs) struggled with it that entire process, but I kept going back to that moment and remembering, I can't worry about that. I got to let the Lord handle it. But so, did it take? Did it take the unanimous vote on that Sunday, or was there some time before then? Like, at, at what will, point did you go? This he, is happening, kind like, of thing. Not just this is happening, but like this is right. Yeah. Um, I think it was gradual. I don't know if okay. I had a moment. Like God did a lot of things. We we met with that search team three or four weeks ago. I don't even remember now, but they handed me a. We drove back. It was about 30 minutes out of town at a lady's house, Miss Virginia. And we're coming back to the hotel. And when we pulled into the hotel, Mike, the one of the trustees and on the search team, said, hang on a second, and had received a text message. Basically, they talked about us the whole time we were driving yeah. back. And, and the search team had said yes. So he hands me an offer, basically. They yeah. just said, you know, come preach. Here's your salary pack. All that stuff was in that offer. Yeah. And we went back up to the hotel room and just like sat down on the bed and took a deep breath and we're like, wow, yeah. this is happening, you know? And that was a kind of a moment of confirmation where we just had to together, Mallory and I, because we had to accept that offer. Yeah. So the next morning on the plane, um, actually the second round, so from 
we flew from Dallas to or Houston to Dallas to Wichita. So when we got back to Houston and landed and put our feet back on Texas soil, I said, "Okay, we're uh, we're ready." So we accepted the offer at that point. So when we did that, we knew um, that that we're making that decision forward. But I will tell you this: I, I asked the Lord in a weird way Sunday morning the 26th I'm out there waiting for the pastor to pick me up because we had the girls and Mallory in the hotel room mm-hmm. so he wanted to pick me up so they could have a few more minutes to get ready and I'm standing outside by myself and this is one of those things you don't say unless God does it you know because this would be an embarrassing story if there were four no votes <laughs> but I, I literally had a moment where I was like Lord and I even said like this doesn't have to happen but this would be really cool for me and for my church and for them even if this would be unanimous. Yeah. And I and I even felt like, you know, that would just be the exclamation point on all the affirmation yeah. he's done. And we were already in Denton, Texas driving back that night when they called and um I knew there was a good chance it was unanimous because they had me on speakerphone in front of the whole group. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that if there's a handful of no's well, out there. Well, it was 72%. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. So you got uh, some thinking to do. So he said unanimous, and uh, and it just was one of those wow moments, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so I know that was a long, rambling answer, but for me it was more of a gradual affirmation sure. as opposed to one moment where, like, yes, this is yeah. it. Um. But I'll just tell you now, I mean, we're very confident in God's calling, but there are still moments where you wake up in the middle of the night and think, if I could press a do-over button, would I? Would I, yeah. And again, it's just attached to all those emotions and all those things, and I'm sure that will happen several times. I always I talk about this even now. Before this was on the horizon, there are days where I'm like, should I have left Freeman Heights? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, I think God... You know, the flesh is always going to think, are we in the right place? Are we doing the right thing? And and so I think the lesson here then, because Elizabeth and I never did get that gradual piece. If anything, it was the opposite. And so no matter how good the offer is or how bad the offer seems, I mean, what we have to be pursuing is peace within ourselves with God. Like not, are they paying me enough? Is it a good location? Is it a good opportunity? But like, is this really what the Lord's leading me to do? Because, I mean, there's... We know guys who have taken what we would view, you know, from a worldly perspective, oh, well, he took a step backwards. He went to a smaller church and is getting paid less, and it's, you know, we know guys that have done that, but the Lord's peace was all over it, and God moved him there. We've got friends now who are in those situations, and we're going, hey, man, there's, you need to send your resume to these other places, yeah. and they're just going, no, I am where God has me right now, and so so I think that is one of the lessons here. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I would just... And we've said this all throughout the life of this podcast. You, the danger of Christian celebrity and Christian preacher culture is that bigger is better. Yeah. It's more awesome and all this kind of stuff. But you got to realize at the end of the day, nobody cares. <laughs> and, Drop and I, the mic. <laughs> well, I, well, and I know I'm I'm going to sound harsh here um, because I mean, here I am, a guy going to, a, and it is a bigger church. It's not a huge church. There were about 500 there the day they voted. And that's because the new guys, they're preaching. Right. I recognize that, but nobody, I haven't had people, all my peers, you know, we're not going to go to lunch today. Y'all aren't going to be like, man, how do you do it? Right. I'm rusty. I'm the same old goober who y'all have been hanging out with for all this time. And we're, and it doesn't matter if, if Crossroad grew to 7,000 people by next month, y'all aren't going to be like, wow. wow, we knew that guy back when. Ooh. No. And 
so our aspirations and our ambition, which might have been our first episode even, um, all of that stuff has to be submitted to the throne of God, and we have to recognize that at the end of the day, no one, and even, you, let's, you know, we've thrown out names like Andy Stanley, Matt Chandler, Francis Chan, mm-hmm. David Platt, who are at the Mecca yeah. of evangelical Christianity. If we went walking down the street with them in Beaumont, nobody would know who they are. No, except us. Yeah. And we'd all be like, oh, do you recognize who that is? And, and they would say no. And nobody it's does. like, man, who cares? No. So God does. To answer that question, God does. And at the end of the day, we're going to stand before him and that audience of one. Have we been faithful? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's the parable of the talents, right? The, the master calls in and doesn't say, you know, oh, you're better because you had five or you're worse because you had one. He says, show me what you did with what you were given. Yeah. And uh, they were all held to the same standard. So whether you're preaching to 500 or 50 every week, like you're accountable to God for that responsibility. So No doubt. Let's shift gears a little bit because yeah. you you've left. So this is the second church that you have left, Freeman uh, Heights, and here yeah, full time, yeah. full time. I was the part time youth guy at a church, so I mean technically three, but yeah, I've, I've done it yeah. twice. I served at Crossroads and Marshall for three years, uh, and then Peachtree and Jasper for seven, and and so I've left twice. So let's talk about finishing well because yeah. you're done. But and you you referenced that Michael Scott episode. The rest of that episode is just him <laughs> wheels totally off, totally phoning it. I mean. Barely showing up. Well, he right. actually tries to start his own paper company too, uh, so it gets it gets pretty wild. So, but but you do want to finish well, yeah. Um, and so, what what are the next two weeks here look like for you? Other than, hey, got you know, reminding your staff, we've got these things that y'all are going to have to take care of, delegating responsibilities. I mean, administratively, I've tried to set them up for success. Yeah. We've got a huge event Wednesday night, you know, our big fall kickoff. So right. I'm going to be here for that. Uh, tried to, you know, I've I've made a Word document for Pat and Matt that basically said, here's all the little things that I've done that I think could fall through the cracks if you don't know that I've been doing them. Right. And I mean, goofy stuff like opening this door on Wednesday nights, yeah. turning this AC on at this point, uh, making this flyer for this event every year. Things yeah. that I've done that I realize, hey, if no one knows about them, they might not happen and yeah. it could hurt. So administratively, I've tried to do that. Uh, I've tried to help them get lined up for the next several weeks, months, where they can do things. Um, but then probably more importantly than that is relationally wrapping things up, mm-hmm. meeting with people, visiting with people, having conversations, uh, making amends if amends need to be made, checking on people who you know are in spiritual crisis and making sure they're stable and um, kind of like a, a doctor that's going to go on vacation, make sure all the patients are stable and everyone's mm-hmm. doing okay, and so the elders can continue to care for them and love love them well. Um, and then setting them up for success in terms of preaching. Uh, I, I am going to Sunday preach a, just a strong message about who we're supposed to be as the church and call them to commit to that. Like I'm going to call for a big public commitment families come to the altar kind of thing because I want them to be more committed to the church when I'm gone than they have been when I'm here because it's going to be key to their success. Um, So I guess preaching strong, uh, ramping up the discipleship even more if you can in those last few weeks and trying to to finish well by setting up the church and then even the next guy for success. One thing I did when I left Peachtree is – I, I lined up eight weeks worth of supply preachers. And so that was one burden that I took off the church kind of on my way out the door. I had a list and I gave our secretary, you know, the name, the phone number, the date. Like I just scheduled preachers Sunday morning, Sunday night for eight weeks after I was gone. So that gave them two months to catch their breath and kind of get their 
bearing, and also it gave them eight guys that they could listen to and go, hey, let's let's invite him back until we get this search process yeah. going. And so, um, but yeah, it's all just part of setting them up to succeed. You know, you don't want the the ministry because ministry is kind of a personality driven. I mean, obviously, God calls called you here to shepherd this people, so He was dependent on you to do a lot of the stuff, and so they grew to depend on you to do a lot of the stuff. But a lot of times, what that looks like is the pastor leaves and a lot of wheels fall off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't coast for the last two weeks, yeah, Rusty. I'm gonna try not to phone it in as we go to lunch with a bunch of friends here, wearing in a few your minutes. Cowboys Crocs here at the office. <laughs> Well, that's actually, that's been Every day. day one. <laughs> True. It's day True one, story. man. So this podcast, man, this has been good. That's been fun. This has been a lot of fun. Two yeah. two seasons. Gave us a reason to hang out every week. Yeah, that's that was really the primary, <laughs> really that was the primary focus. Well, of this. that's how it started. We were hanging out. This has been about us from the beginning. Let's we're, just be honest. We had been getting coffee at Rayo's probably once a month anyway. And we said, look, I mean, we've said this a couple of times now. We should... We should record these conversations. We just had a microphone, eh? Yeah. And then uh and then finally Rusty texted and said, Let's just freaking do it. Let's yeah. just buy some stuff and do it. And so we Heck did. yeah. So we've been killing it for two years. Well, we've been doing it for two years. Yeah, that first that first couple months got wild. You know, we had a few hundred people yeah. listen to some of those episodes. And, and then it settled down. Then it settled down back to back to our homeboys. But that's all good. <laughs> But you know the crazy thing about this? Somebody may be listening to this in a couple of years. You know, I mean, oh, these, yeah. these exist into perpetuity, and there will be some who come across them. These will probably come back to bite us. Some interviews probably. down the road, they'll be, hey, you said in season two of episode four. Oh, of, gosh. Yeah. Guys, I was drunk that day. Please don't. <laughs> now, I did say that on, on that. the, on your, you had a post about a job, polishing up your resume or something. Oh, Tony. Uh, uh, for Tom Rainer. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah. Wolf. And I said, you and I are never going to get a job as long as the audio from one hour a week <laughs> <Yeah>. exists. <laughs> By the way, that was a joke about, in case anybody's wondering, about me applying to be the president Y'all of Lifeway. Y'all pray Life for Way. Jared as he <laughs> prepares to transition to president of Lifeway. <laughs> of Lifeway Ministries. Yeah. Oh, he's going to have a great podcast. Uh, Tom Rainer, he's even handed the keys over to that. So uh, he's going to have to spell his name weird, though. I think that's a position requirement. I'm just going to put an H. It's J H A. Cherry. So So, good stuff. Yeah, good times. Well, thank y'all for listening. This has been good. I won't do any personal, like Rusty on a personal. Yeah, like just no. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Hey, I'll do that later. We're going to do that. We're going to do that another time in another place. Well, follow me on Twitter at Jared Hollier. Follow me on Twitter. Got a new handle. At Pastor Rusty Mont. Pastor Rusty Mont. Yeah, upgraded from bro. Rusty. Not bro Rusty, just Pastor. I mean, I'm still your bro. Don't follow us on Twitter at the the now defunct <laughs> one hour a week podcast. <laughs> um, Don't try to look that up. Thank you to Is This Pato, our boy. Make it sound good for years. Thanks, Pat, for uh, for making us sound We really do appreciate easy. that. Also, thanks. I'm not sure if we ever mentioned Wes Molbash. Uh, he's on Twitter at Wes Molbash. He's a pastor and an author and a cartoonist and an artist uh give him a follow he's the one that did our our logo that you see when you download and it's me and rusty in cartoon form there uh at west molebash w-e-s-m-o-l-e-b-a-s-h we're very cartoonish thanks to our wives for putting up with us and listening to this every week and letting us do many of these episodes late into the night yep or that's even at our houses sometimes i think we recorded at both of our homes at one point Um, for sure shout out to our kids thanks to didn't always understand what they were doing it's weird that our kids are going to listen to this one day they probably they will. will. Isn't that strange? Hey guys. Hey guys. You're gonna be old enough to listen to this. I'm gonna be talking to you like a toddler, That's but dad weird. loves you. Uh by the way, my son Sam, his birthday was a couple weeks ago. 
And uh, the highlight of his birthday was when Rusty sent him a message that said, hey, Sam, this is Brother Rusty. Just want to say happy birthday and drop the mic. Sam loved that. <laughs> loved yeah, it. I saw your wife at a restaurant a couple of days later. She was like, thank you for doing yeah, that. Made his day. Yeah. So, all right. Well, one hour a week. Uh, it's been good. But it's over. Hey, you, you work those one life. hours. Packing Say up the dreams. <laughs> God planted. <laughs> Friends of friends forever. Amen. Unless one moves away to Kansas. Oh. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. One last time. Do it. Drop the mic. <laughs> now I got to do it more authoritatively. Drop the mic. Drop the mic.